0: Deflict it, right in. Peter Anzil save rebound.
1: Stastny stop by Peter Anzil. I don't believe that save, dude. as Peter Stastny. He can't believe the save that Peter
0: Anzil just made on him. That's Frankie Sparkman. on that maneuver there to stop and rob Peter Stastny. He get five to ten for that. Oh. Hello and welcome to episode seventy-one of Tendy Talk, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the BLPA Podcast Networks. I am your host, Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with Cam Matwiff, the poor fellow who has to clean up after Kevin Woodley messes up the goalie room when they record their weekly gear segments for Ingold magazine. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Cam. Well Cam, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Good to uh see your, your full face and uh hear hear you talking to some to somebody other than Woodley for once.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. It's Excited, I might actually get a couple words in this time right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had him on the uh, podcast, and he's the first and only guest to ask me if I was okay on time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is going to run a little long. I hope that's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew that going in, but I mean, as you know, anytime you get to talk goaltending with uh, him, it's going to be a good long conversation.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're locked in for a
0: two hour. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, what one thing he's never asked you is how did you get started in the game of hockey? I mean, aside from being a Canadian and kind of the, the traditional, you know, you're born, you learn to walk, you learn to skate. You know, how, how did you get turned on to the game?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, my start is actually a lot more humble than um, I, I come across as. Um, I didn't get to play uh, growing up as a kid. I played my first true organized ice hockey game when I was 16. Um, played my first minor hockey game actually when I was 19. Um, rewinding back a little bit, I actually started out. uh, I mean, kind of like anyone, just playing on the street, you know, playing ball hockey with your buddies, that kind of thing. Um, and then uh, one of the guys convinced me to come out for um, like a youth roller hockey league, actually. Um, so kind of started from there. Like they had rental equipment, so kind of bore it. I think I was was 13. I think it was. Um, so started with that kind of, um, snowballed away the from there, uh, convinced my parents that I was going to save up enough money to buy my equipment. So <laughs> I did, I worked a summer job, didn't like, didn't, uh, I actually worked at a campsite for the entire summer uh, that year. So I didn't have a summer at all. It's like, Hey, I'm committed. I want this. Right. Yeah. Um, so did all that, uh, ended up buying my equipment and then kind of, uh, snuck into a beer league ice time, um, at the <laughs> 16th. And lo and behold, it went absolutely terrible, of course, as one would expect, right? But uh, kind of things progressed from there. I went a bit of a different direction. I actually um, uh, trained chef. Uh, I went to school for cooking and things like that. Um, But uh, one of my last uh, chefs that I worked for, he was a goalie as well and tried to convince me to come out to this goalie camp. So long story short, I went out with him, um, ended up... uh, getting a good relationship with a goalie coach he filled my head with great ideas and you know one thing led to another and here was yep. me like with no no backhand experience trying out for junior b camp at 19 um and getting cut you know fifth overall out of guys that were 16 years old so it was like it, it was you know it was disappointing i didn't make the team but it was also kind of like oh hey like you know there's something here so i started goalie coaching over that summer same summertime,
0: and, yeah he's kind of snowballed and here I am now you know so what was it about I mean you're growing up playing roller hockey and all of that and I'm guessing at some point even during the roller hockey days you're like I want to put the pads on I want to stop the pucks what was it about goalie where you were like that's my jam
1: I sorry to clarify that to you when I was playing roller hockey I started straight goal I didn't oh really out, once out yeah ne- never so even when it was uh uh, like just playing street puck with the buddies and stuff like that. That was, it was, I always wanted to play goal. I didn't want to play any um, Maybe it started out as just attraction to like, hey, everyone else can kind of do their thing, but I get to do my thing and, and yeah. kind of a team game. I think that's what really stood out to me. Um, I actually, I, the other sport played, I played soccer all the way through uh, basically up until at roller hockey stage. Um, I played goal all the way throughout that and it was kind of one of those things where I realized it's like playing soccer I see what like three shots you know yeah. two go in it's like sweet save percentage of point <laughs> you know three three so good good so I decided to go with something yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so I decided to go for something a little bit more high volume and I just kind of gravitated to it right away
0: yeah it's funny you mentioned the save percentage you know i play playing beer league now and I played competitively. So I'm always like, Oh man, my goals against sucks. My save percentage sucks. And now um, Brian DeCord and his topic goaltending have that new app for tracking um, shots and everything. And it gives you your expected goals against. And I'm like, okay, I'm (laughs) actually not as bad as my traditional stats might show at least, at least in the last three games In the last three games, I average out to uh, being one goal better than I should be, <laughs> but it's like
1: there yeah. you go. It's the one thing about beer hockey tea though, is that stats are not kept correct. So.
0: No, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I put the uh, GoPro up behind my net. Uh, I, I started doing it. My son was doing a Cub Scout uh, advancement a couple years ago, and they had to do a movie. and He's like, "Let's put the GoPro up behind your your uh, net in one of your games, and we'll put something together." And we did that, and I was like that's actually kind of cool. and from a coaching standpoint, useful because I can see, okay, what am I doing wrong? And uh, I've just done it ever since. And my wife actually saw me doing some editing today. She's like, who watches that other than you? Like, does anybody watch it? I was like, (laughs) I get a few views, but uh, yeah, pretty much only for me, but it, it, you know, I'm now able to track those shots because of the GoPro video and see, you know, how bad am I really? (laughs) Am I playing as bad as I think I'm playing?
1: It's funny that self-deprivation is almost a, uh, a goalie trait per se. But I think one thing I tell people, and especially people who come into the store, they're like, yeah, I'm terrible. I'm like, you're probably not as bad as you think you are, in all yeah. honesty. Like, you scale it. You're like, scale with the level you're playing and things like that. If you're still terrible at the level that you think you should be at, okay, maybe then you got a problem. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, I, and I just remind myself at the beer league level, they're just happy they have a goalie and they're not shooting on a board. So it, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many I stop or let in. They're just happy I'm there. Uh, the
1: grand fear rule of thumb, though, is just
0: make sure you save the last shot. Yeah. I, I was uh, <laughs> waiting for a different team than my regular one this fall because my team took the uh, season off, and their goalie had surgery, and they were a high-scoring team. And I I wasn't playing bad. I mean, we wound up making it to the championship game, but I was in a bit of a slump for my own standards. And the one guy, he he could tell, he just comes up and he goes, hey, if you only let in four or fewer, we're going to win every night. He's like, we always score at least four goals. Um, he's like, just just stop one more than you need to. And I was like, okay, fair enough. And th- there were some games that were nine to eight. And after the game, they're like, hey, nice job. You, you stopped it as many as you needed to. And, of course, <laughs> when we make it to the championship game, I keep it to four goals against – and then we only scored two I was like of all the games this year to not score four or more, you wait for yeah. the championship game. And the one guy's like, what are you going to do?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Classic beer league moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now you mentioned something, you know, when you were 16, you convinced mom and dad to let you play by working all summer and saving up for your equipment. And that's something, you know, when I was coming up as goalies, we did that too. You know, we worked to buy our own equipment. I shoveled snow. at. Today here in Minnesota, we got a good snowstorm, a couple inches worth. And I'm like 12-year-old me is like, oh, that, that's a new stick right there <laughs> with that kind of snow. Just Because I would go out, to, you know, I would wake up early before school or as soon as I got home, fire up the snowblower. I would do our whole block. We we had a lot of elderly, <laughs> elderly people on our block. So I would, all the sidewalks, the walkway up to the house, the stairs and everything. And, you know, that, that's how I made my money. And today, God, you find one kid in the neighborhood walking around with a shovel to try and earn a little extra money. It's it's crazy on how some of these kids just don't see that opportunity to provide for themselves. And I mean, had you not been able to buy your equipment, would your mom and dad have let you play?
1: I And I can honestly say no. Um, they were like, no, this is too expensive. Figure it yeah. out. Basically. Like, we'll yep. pay for soccer because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a set of gloves and shin pads, right? But I think that, that's you know what, if it hadn't been the other way, I don't think I would be sitting here talking to you to be honest. Um, One of the things that I learned early, early on was uh, the respect for, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, the the expense of the equipment, like the value of it itself. And I think if I hadn't learned that at such a young age, I, I, I don't think I'd be as successful at what I do in all honesty.
0: Yeah. You know, and that's a great point because I've, I remember, you know, coming home, counting my money after shoveling. And it was like, okay, I can finally get that blocker at Benign. And I remember going to the store, buying that Vaughn all black blocker and, you know, how <laughs> excited I was. And it's funny because every time I went into the pro shop, like I'm paying with a bunch of ones. Not, we knew the guys that ran the pro shop and they're always looking at me like, where'd you get all these ones? <laughs> you know, and <laughs> it's like, uh...
1: so uh, up here in, you know, Canuck world, we call that a loony number yeah. one so we don't we don't have one dollar bills so I, I i miss a little bit of that that same value point can't i can't throw the one dollar bills everywhere <laughs> if i slap if i slap a bunch of loonies at the table people
0: start looking at me like what's wrong with you <laughs> yeah you know it is funny because like i'd have 150 ones and i couldn't even put them in my wallet because it was so big my dad's like do you, do you want <laughs> to exchange it like I, I got some 20s at least it's like no look at this stack dad and, go in there and Linus would just kind of smile because he knew I was shoveling snow and that was harder money, but then you bring it home and it's like, you're not just throwing it down on the locker room floor after a practice. You're putting it in the bag, you're hanging it up on a hook. When you get home, you're airing it out. You're taking care of it. You're not just like, nah, whatever, you know?
1: That's, that's the one thing. I mean, I've seen, seen the worst of the worst of like equipment care, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, it's, it's funny you say that it's the same thing it's like second, I get home things get hung up they get you know set up to dry you know there there's that care factor and then you know you see you see the other side of it it's just like you know cages fully dented caved in and like oh i don't know what happened like it's like come on like, like the very basics of you know hey something's getting worn down or like it's repairable now yeah okay forget about it I'll, i'll do it later now it's so far gone that you need to get something new or exchange it out. And it's just like, oh, whatever. But, hey, that was a thousand dollar mask. You just basically threw out because you didn't take care of it. I, yeah. Sometimes that, that gets me a little bit. But.
0: I, I've told this story on the podcast before. When I was in high school, goalie sticks were still all wood and they were 50 bucks a piece. I had a bit of a temper when I let in bad goals. <laughs> and I would take that stick and hit it over my knee and it would always break you know, kind of where the shaft meets the paddle. And my dad got tired of that. He goes, next time you break a stick out of anger, you're buying your own stick. I was like, all right, that's fair. Well, the very next game, I let in a goal I shouldn't have. I break that <laughs> stick and then and my grandpa was at the game. And he's he's a Dutch immigrant. He didn't quite understand the game. He just loved to come watch me play. And he loved that everybody was playing. He'd go to my cousin's softball games he's like, there's only two people playing at a time. This is no fun. But he loved hockey because everybody is just all over the place. And he sees me let this goal in. And all of a sudden, I'm just kind of down like this. And he's like, why is he mad? That wasn't that bad of a goal. My dad's laughing. He goes, he knows that just cost him 50 bucks. And he's like, what, <laughs> what, what do you mean? And he, and he told him the agreement we had. So then then my grandpa finds me in the lobby afterwards and kind of nudges me and hands me a $50 bill. He goes, go buy yourself a new stick and don't tell your dad about this. (laughs) Yeah. That was the last time I broke a stick out of anger.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's no more smashing sticks anymore, especially even on my side too. I, you know, I'm privileged with, you know, being able to get things at a little bit of a cheaper cost than most, but still it gets, you know, they're expensive, man. (laughs) Not cheap anymore
0: well I, I i'm still one of those foam core holdouts and it's still a hundred bucks for a foam core you know stick these days i'm going why <laughs> you know it's that's crazy when i think about what they were when i was a kid
1: yeah and that's and that's if you can find a foam core now too there's really very few companies so still make them.
0: Oh. yeah it's getting harder and harder that that's for sure <laughs> um so Every week, you know, we've mentioned Woodley already, but every week he comes in and you guys do some great, uh, segments. And I know most people probably just hear them on the Ingold podcast, but they really should go to the YouTube videos because of what you're showing. You know, we we get a great, um, idea listening to it, but some of the things you're talking about, you know, whether it be the, the difference in break, uh, strapping options, all of that stuff, um, How did that idea of, I I know you guys sponsor the show, but how did the idea of him coming in every week and just going over something, because he's been doing it for a long time. There's only so many pieces of equipment Yet you guys find something new to talk about every time. Yeah. You
1: know, to be honest, that's always been a little bit of the struggle, this kind of dead period between, you know, end of Christmas, right up until March, which is when the new year kind of, or sorry, April usually when new year starts to actually show up is always kind of the hardest, you know, ones to kind of, yeah. Up. I mean, to answer your first question, the, I, the YouTube kind of a idea and getting things, cause I, I'm a visual person myself. Like, yep. show me a diagram. It makes sense kind of yep. thing. Right. Like Same. I like talking with my hands. I like you know seeing and, and touching. As soon as I started recording the podcast initially with them, I had a lot of problems with them. It like, Hey, if you look here and you see this, and it's <laughs> kind of like, they can't see you. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I, you know, between my boss and then, um, you know, Kevin and then myself, we all kind of sat down and thought about it. It was like, you know, the podcast is great. Don't get me wrong, but like mm-hmm. I think our evolution and the way we're going to hit our next stride was to come up with, you know, start recording this and, and, and being able to show off the things more in depth and talk about mm-hmm. it in, that in a bit of a different way. Um, and yeah, that has it's gone gone great so far. You know, I'm very pleased with you know the reach that we're starting to get garner um you know even yourself reaching out organically too as well it's fantastic um in terms of finding things and coming up with stuff like there are some days that we sit there for a good 10-15 minutes and like we end up talking about nothing because classic (laughs) heaven
0: but um there's a lot of talk about nothing (laughs)
1: yeah and then we still kind of come up with it we're like well now what do we do like oh have we covered you know break angles recently stuff like that you know one that we've got kind of in the bank and coming up here pretty quick would be um uh, leg pad sizing versus other companies they all Mm -hmm. are actually different
0: well not only other companies i I just got my first new set of equipment in 21 years i was wearing a set of vaughn legacies that i bought in 1999 they were 30 (laughs) part of that is a great testament to vaughn and that they lasted that long Mm -hmm. um you know, they held up. I, I only had to have minor repairs done to them, you know, like replacing a strap every now and then. Um, But there was no major issues with them. It was just, it was getting old. <laughs> you know, I was 21 years old. I, I, I wanted some uh knee, knee blocks and so you know, some of the modern amenities and pro equipment. And uh so th- they were a 34 inch pad and I went to buy new pads and we're like, 34s are too big in <laughs> the mm-hmm. The new pad, so it's it's even the same company, but just different years of the pad are going to be different size too.
1: When you're talking about something that generationally was, you know, 2002, I think it was, was the legacy year, yep. uh, or 2003. Yeah, it was right I mean, around there. the gaps and leaps in technology, like even mm-hmm. like you said, a proper knee block, for example, it's it's staggering to think. I mean, even the course that I've been doing this now, how much things have changed from, you know, when I started to now is just mind boggling. Like, you know, I remember used to pick up goalies world magazine as a kid. That was one of the yes. other things that really started to, I love that I would magazine. Sit there. I, it was amazing. And I would sit there and I would stare at the same page of, of goalie gear. Like it was the yes. monkey that always took out an ad in there to do it. I would stare at the same blog pads every single time. I think they were like the. Um, they their super lightweight series it was a mm-hmm. spin-off of the v3 i'm like i need to have it i don't know why i just it. yes <laughs> it was it, it, even remembering that now like even that pack compared to what is a v9 now it's just so so crazy that the changes that have made
0: yeah well i remember the last set of pads i had the old legacies because the new legacies i or i shouldn't say the new legacies i got the v9 but i worked with um ev over at vaughn and got the old Legacy Bullseye graphic on my pads. So nice. I, I kept the same. I was like, I've had this for 21 years. This graphic works for me. I, I want to keep it. And uh, they worked with me. It was great. But when I bought that set of pads, it still had the leather toe buckle. It didn't have toes, you know, the, the uh, laces. I had the toe buckle and I, I quickly swapped that out because the idea of the toe buckle was starting to go away at that point. Uh, but we were still strapping those uh, leather straps as tight as we could get them you know, it, leaving the uh, pads tucked underneath the um, bench at night in the locker room to, you know, kind of yeah. squish them down and give them that curve. is like, you wouldn't do that now.
1: <laughs> no, no. Yeah, you want you want to see me get up and you really quickly. Yeah, show me a picture of you doing that with a new pass.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like some of the things I, I laugh about it with some of my uh, teammates from that time. In fact, one of them I still skate with every now and then. And uh, we were talking about you know, me getting my new set and he was like, I, I just, I can't play in the modern pad. He's, he's actually playing in the uh, i Tech X-Wing is kind of between the modern pad and the older pad. He's like, this is, this is as new as I can go. It's the the new stuff is just not for me. And it's like, I, I love the new stuff. You know, it t- took a little getting used to the first two, three skates. Uh, but I'm like, God, how, how did I go this long without making the jump?
1: And it's funny, you know, even you say that, you're like, I, the holdouts come into the store all the time. Go, oh, yeah. Yeah, I just can't get rid of my, you know, my view. I'm like, okay, give me a little bit here. Yeah. Like, and those are some of my, like people motivate me. And like, what well, has been one of the most far, part of my jobs is people will come in and always have that. Like, I don't trust you. Like, Yeah. But it's like, no, I understand you. Let me hear you out. You know, yeah. I have to say, and I'll take you on this you know, fitting journey. Right. And it's always been one of the most fun parts of when I get a person, to go one of those. Oh, that's what I've been missing. Yeah. like you know say this first time to throw a leg pad on the leg it's now some five pounds They're like well they don't have to weigh you know eight <laughs> pounds anymore it's like yeah. i can get up and down easier it's amazing it, it's whenever someone says that i think they just haven't been you know had a chance to get fit properly I would say
0: yeah i i think well i shouldn't say i think i know the reason i was a holdout i'm cheap and <laughs> I, i'm cheap for one and then two um after college, I, I got into coaching, so I wasn't putting the pads on very often. If I did, it was because we knew one of our goalies wasn't going to be a practice. Um, and th- that was kind of fun to do with these high school kids. who are like, oh, what do you know? Because uh, not only was I coaching high school hockey in Minnesota, but I was originally from Chicago. So I played my high school hockey there. And they're like, what do you know? You just played your high school hockey in Chicago. And then I get out on the ice with them and show them, hey, I, I can uh, play pretty well still here, fellas. And like, <laughs> yeah. kind of gained that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of gained their respect a little bit, but um, you know, so it wasn't skating regularly. And then, then me and my wife, we had kids. It was like when you got small kids, you're not going out playing beer league three, four times a week. So I, I kind of took a little hiatus from the game. And then by the time I got back into it, it was like I can drop a nice chunk of change on a new set of equipment, or I can take care of my kids. <laughs> you know, it was like which which one should I do? And so that. And being cheap, it was like, okay, that, that's why I'm not getting new stuff. And then uh finally, I think it was last spring, my wife was like, what, why, why aren't you getting new stuff? It's like, cause it's expensive. And she, and we've been through COVID, we did all this work around the house and rather than hire it out, I did it. And she's like, with the money you have saved us doing the work yourself, go get yourself some new equipment. It was like, Okay. <laughs> like, it was like the cartoon. yes I'm out <laughs> it was like the cartoon she said that and I, all you saw was a puff of dust I was out the door <laughs> going to the pro shop <laughs> yeah
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it was like all right I'm getting this done before you change your mind and say no and uh it, it was I, I I'm glad I did it because I I love it and, and it was funny because I was talking to Kane Van Gate about it uh when he was in town for the uh all-star game because he and I I took him to an outdoor rink uh and we did some skating and we were talking about he's like you know why why'd you go with Vaughn's again and I said well the last set lasted pretty long I figure these will too but part of it was the craftsmanship you know I I know this is the last set I'm gonna buy I'm 41 years old if I can get 20 year, years out of that I'm 60 years old playing goalie I don't think it'll last that long so at <laughs> some point I'm gonna have to start skating out here because the knees won't uh allow that but I was like I want them to last. And I didn't have that confidence. You know, I know like the Bowers are great pads, but I don't think they have the longevity in them. Uh, the CCMs, they, they were just too stiff for me. I, I try to pair on at the uh, let's play hockey expo um, at the boys high school hockey tournament, which thank God it's coming back this year. Um, it's, it's a annual. I take my boy out of school every year on that Friday of the attorney, uh, we go down to the expo and, have a nice little day together and grab some lunch. But I, I tried to pair of those CCMs on it felt like a two by four. I like, it's like, <laughs> I like the softer pad. And to get mm-hmm. that, I, I was kind of pigeonholed the Vaughn or Brian's, which as you know, is one in the same in a way these days uh, in terms of ownership. So I was like, let, let's go with Vaughn. That, that, that's, what's worked for me. But uh, yeah. Now y- you mentioned how, how things have changed. what, in your opinion, do you think has been the biggest advancement in equipment as you've been uh, working with it? Now,
1: it's tough because I, I think it's always it's always small little things that keep progressing and moving things forward. So it's always, you know, it's like what's what's the next? Whether it be, you know, I remember when I was starting, like Bauer had the MyFlex tabs. And things like that and it was like oh everyone was like oh, that's kind of cool it's a little weird or if you didn't put it in properly the whole pack collapses <laughs> you know different story but it, it's it's interesting how much companies look over the fence at what the other one is doing and then mm-hmm. it, it inspires or the, you know organically create something else um i'd say so far I, I really do believe like the integration of the knee into the core of the pad which bauer has done which I think, again, you know, they might be even attest to it. It's not necessarily their original idea either. Um, but that's really what pushed, you know, has pushed gear again forward. Um, I, I give Warrior and Pete Smith a ton of credit for, you know, I would even say not necessarily rattling everyone's cage. That might be the pro- wrong term. But, like, hey, guys, you know, you, you can't just keep putting out the same thing. Like, we need to push stuff yep. forward. I would say, like, even, like, the, the entire ritual line of gear its evolution and what bits and pieces, you know, have spawned from say their idea that's become different things. Um, I I truly believe Warrior was the first one to have an an incredibly structured knee system Mm -hmm. with, they called it their knee drive system on their G2 pad. Um, But that was a first, you know, real knee cradle. You could take and and hold and it wasn't going anywhere, you know, it was a really stable surface and, you know, it, it has to inspire those Bauer guys to come up and, you know, how can we make our pad better with, you know, we see what's going on here. We know what's making some ways. What, what can we do to bring it to more mainstream? Almost in that sense? And I think seeing things like that is what's been, you know, uh, some of the coolest stuff that I've seen so far. Um the skull skates, even like that was, that was one to go through. I remember everybody's first reaction. was like, Oh, what is that? As soon as you start playing around, the first time you push on ice for the first time down low any overdrive slides, you're like, Oh, I get it. Like it's, yeah, it's such an improvement off of what, you know, you were using in the past. And yeah, there's going to be a few holdouts here and there for sure. But
0: that's you know, my next purchase.
1: <laughs> it, and uh, honestly, you'll be like, oh, oh man, I wish I did this sooner. It, it's, it can make such a difference inside of your game and it just helps bring all the other pieces together.
0: Right. Yep. Um, the only thing I don't like about the Cowlingless skate is you can't spot the goalies at open skate like you could in the past.
1: <laughs> the amount of times that I've had some, <laughs> some bloke player guy come up to me and like, oh, say, shut up. Like, <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. It's, it's funny when you, when you say that. Yeah. I mean, you know, really only in the tender guard is a separation between, you know, the two boots now, but um, even then, like so the second you hold one, yeah. Well, you hold your cowling skate, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is this is a good five pounds heavier." Like, yeah. this is crazy. I was this quick in these ones. Like, imagine how much quicker I'll be, right? Yeah. Um, and we see that uh, again as another innovation starts to kind of walk through the door. I can't obviously say too too much about it, but um, like the new Connect skate is coming out and things like yeah. that.
0: I keep looking at that, and I keep thinking back to high school. We we had an assistant JV coach. We called him. Uh, Coach Turbo, because he had some old uh, plastic turbo skates. And, (laughs) you know, but they kind of look the same. And that was the plastic had that little hinge. And it's like, they look the same, but I know they're very different. But I I just, I'm hoping they have some at the Let's Play Hockey Expo for me to check out. Because that, I, I don't know what to think of it yet, having not been able to, you know, hold it in my hand and really... Check it out.
1: Put it put it this way. This same kind of apprehensive conversation started when they came out with the one skate. Yep. And we're like, ah, I don't know. Like, you know, I need the cowling. I don't know why. Yeah. I need it. Well, you don't. <laughs> Number <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> Number right. two. We're not making
0: skate saves anymore. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. And I, I think this is one of those ones where, again, we're going to upset the market and push it forward again. Yeah. In a good positive direction. And I think yeah, go pick it up when you have the chance. And anybody who's, you know, listening and check it out, like, you know, it's well worth your time taking a look at it, for
0: sure. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I, I know some goalies I've talked to are all kind of in the same camp. Like, it reminds us of those old turbo skates, but I think technology has come a little, even in plastics, it's come a little bit <laughs> since those days. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what, what they're all about.
1: V- very much so. And, again, knowing the guys and, and you know, the R&D that they have done behind it to to create what they have. Um, They're very excited for it. And and it's just, it's coming across in that sense. It's like, hey, we really think we have something here. Like we've gone all in. So yeah, yeah. wait wait and see. It'll be be as good as you think it might.
0: (laughs) You you know, what's going to be fun about that is I'm sure they're patenting that technology. So to see how the other manufacturers try to mimic it, in, in their respect as well will be really interesting to watch too
1: time, time will tell um, you know it's funny it, it's also chasing some technology that was already out on the market um, thermal, like thermal moldability which is something that true is really pushed forward and brought to now with the average consumer with their Tf9 skates um, this is something that, you know, other companies have taken notice. It's like, Hey, like, you know, we knew our pro skates were good or, you know, anything down the derivative of the lineup, but nothing was that thermal moldable. And now seeing what they've done, this has inspired, you know, once again, someone else to yeah. with what the next thing is. And, like, that's only half the skate, but what you see visually, you see, you know, ah, oh, man, I can't, I can't talk about it. <laughs> I'm <not> yeah. Allowed. <laughs> yeah. A little part of me,
0: trouble, <laughs> little part of me, when I first saw it too, thought of like the first generation roller blades with the boot you put on and then slipped it into the skate. As like I, I remember that original look, but I mean th- those were comfortable skates and good skates at that time too. <laughs> oh,
1: there, there's a lot of inspiration actually from an older. Uh, I think they were Lang.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: there's the Lang hinge skate. Um, there's a lot of inspiration kind of came from that for their current design but like yeah I, said, I, I have to be careful what i say i don't want to get can't give out too much yet
0: yeah so you know we talked about the the new stuff and wh- what you've seen is you know good advancements what old goalie technology that's kind of gone the way of the dodo do you kind of miss and kind of saw as good stuff
1: mm, there is another good uh, i mm. some of the some of the old chest protectors that they used to be big fans of yeah um you know you don't really see a p1 anymore or a chest protector and a lot of that has to do with you know the regulations and things like that um geez what was i i mean i really really miss um because i i had a set and it was one of my favorite still sets of gear was my, my rbk rebot uh premiere two set that i had uh-huh. um and that was back when i was going hard for trying to get on a junior team and whatnot it was just my favorite set of gear that I think I ever owned. Yeah. Um, I had a, I had, it's funny because I, I always wanted that Vaughn stuff, and I actually ended up getting a set, hated it, and I actually <laughs> traded a guy for, for this set. And it was basically this guy got a brand new you know, V3 set, nice colors, all that stuff, and he gave me his like six-month used beat-up set of you know, RVK gear, and I just said, don't worry about it, forget it, just go. I, w- I want this that bad. Yeah. And I think I, I used that stuff and I, I ran that stuff into the ground. It was just, I don't know, the, the way the pads looked and like, you know, having the Wongo in, in the backyard and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, everybody was wearing them. Um, it just, I was like, I had to have it. I'm like, I don't play like him, but I have to have it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, I, I Geez. I, I think stuff like that, I miss some of, you know, it's funny because through the ashes, new, new things always happen, but like, more of the niche um companies like chomping a little bit away at, like, say, masks and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, rather than say being all Bauer, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but there were just more options per se. Yeah. And especially with the, you know, amalgamation and commingling of different companies and things like that, you always see guys kind of fade away, uh, unfortunately. But within that, you know, new opportunities arise, whether it be, you know, true rock now coming into play and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. Whenever you see something kind of go away, I always know something else is going to replace it in some way, shape or form. So it's hard for me to say like, I miss what's gone. I'm more excited for what's coming.
0: Uh, That's a good way of putting it. And, you know, you mentioned the chest protectors and I'm using an old Brian's that I got in college. And, you know, like you said, it's just, it's nice. It's, it's held up. I I got great mobility and people are like, when are you going to replace that? It's like, why would I replace it? It's not falling apart. <laughs> it's giving me perfect protection. I got great mobility, you know, like if you're not getting stingers through it. Yeah. yeah. Why, why would you, That's, was... you
1: know, it's, it's funny you say that. Cause I got a Brian's chest too. Same, <laughs> same thing. My chest is going on six years now. Yeah. And it's, I, I don't want to replace it. Like I, my arms are um, a little bit too long in the chest and I've always fought with it, but like it's, I don't care. I don't know. I just, it's one of those things. He's like, you like it so much. You can see yourself wearing
0: something. Yeah. Well, like my, my first chest protector that I wore playing hockey was an association provided chest protector. And it was the two piece where it was like the baseball catcher chest pad. (laughs) And then the arm sleeves, you know why this was in, the early to mid nineties, but the association was still using equipment from the seventies. So my first pair of pads that I wore were brown leather pads. I had a waffle board and, uh, you know, I, I looked like a mini, uh, 1970s goalie out there in the early nineties, but it was like, so I, I got used to mobility <laughs> and the current, uh, stock of chest protectors on the market while they're great don't quite give them mobility that I had when I first started playing. So, <laughs> I mean, when you
1: compare, you know, that to that, that's not really <laughs> yeah. a fair comparison. Right. Yeah. But even, I mean, it's funny you say that. Cause like, I, I would say, you know, things are more mobile now than I, since I can remember.
0: Yeah. And
1: the getting rid of, you know, squareness to a bit of a degree and going out with more rounded tapered designs has always led, to you know increase mobility and things like that um we're we're seeing arms you know off the wall now or you're sitting you're touching the back of your head and things like that and guys couldn't couldn't do that originally for sure like you know there you go there's a great example of you know what's changed one that i think actually sorry yeah chest protector technology the Mm -hmm. break in feeling off the wall versus you know the perception of oh i'm going to be a big brick out there it doesn't have to be that yeah unless you want to be I mean, we can make that happen.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny you (laughs) mentioned, you know, the rounding of the corners. I mean, Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Voidware prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, that's 467-369. When I was in college, you know, Garth Snow and Jazz Jaguar <laughs> were out there with their floaters up to here. But I got these nice little rounded, you know, shoulder caps. And I like it because it, you know, I, I, I can move my head like this and not hit them, <laughs> you know. and It I sure can makes go backing like out that. of the driveway a little easier. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. I, I don't need an extra bag just for my chest protector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so... Well, one of the things we know about goalies is is we're all gear nerds. Um, Even the goalies who say, ah, you know, I just buy whatever specs. They still like the way they look. They're they're still a gear nerd on some level. And give a goalie an option to get a custom set, they're going to do it. Um, You know, having just gone through it, not realizing everything that goes into ordering a custom set, what should people know when they're thinking, hey, I I think I might want to order a custom set
1: it's tough because we always need a little bit of a starting point. you know i want to order a custom set okay great what do you want i don't know all right yeah. we're back at square one <laughs> yeah. i mean that's fine i have had situations where you know i literally start out of that basis and you know we'll rip through every single pad on the wall until we find something that you know i believe is going to work for said customer and you know said customer's happy yeah. um i think Custom gear in itself does kind of, you know, it, it almost does create a little bit of a barrier Can be intimidating to order. You know, yeah. uh, hey, there's all these specs. I don't know what any of them are. Well, that's fine. My biggest thing is ask questions, number one. It's like, I, you know, there are no stupid questions. And if there are, I just won't tell you and I'll laugh about it. <laughs> like, and that's, it's always what I tell people. There's
0: <laughs> a history it, or a high school teacher of mine said, there's no stupid questions, just stupid answers.
1: Yeah, I, I try my best. Anyway. You know, forgive myself at uh, certain times when i do scoff at some questions or, you know somebody asks you something like really like did you really need to ask that but even then like you know even i give myself in check and you know, take the patience and some people they just don't know yeah and, and that's what i even tell parents is like their kids ordering their first custom set and it's a big deal for the parents because they're investing a lot of money yeah it's a big deal for the kid because he's super excited to get his first ever custom set yeah. And it's like, okay, I got to calm the kid down first so I can get them focused, number one. And then I got to get the parents to trust me so that they are convinced that, you know, they're spending the money on the right product. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, even to the parents, it would just be like, hey, if there's something you don't understand, just ask. It's fine. Um, when it's coming towards like the actual year and now getting, them, you know, into the right thing, play style, you know, previous history, what you like, what you don't like, like yourself, okay. I, I like a bit of a softer pad. I, I want to have the puck feel, you know, on my leg. I want to know where it is at all times. Yep. I'm not apprehensive to new technology, but here's what I've been wearing for you know 20 yeah. plus years almost.
0: Yeah. I don't you know, mind feeling the sting of a puck.
1: <laughs> and, and in all honesty, like I can think of four pads that I probably would have bought you off the wall right to start with. You know, yep. the V9 would have been one of them. um If I had any Warrior GT2s, I would have brought one of those out. I would have brought a genetic series pad, and you know we would have explored eFlex or you know the true twenty point uh, or twelve point two, all along those lines, and even potentially the Hyperlight pad.
0: And you we mentioned three that I actually looked at. So, <laughs> I,
1: I mean, it kind of narrows it down. It's easier to you know, rattle off all the soft pads off off top of my head, but yeah, you know, I, I would have got you to try on each one. You would have yep. told me what you like, what you didn't like, and then by the end of it, we would have probably narrowed it down to you know two or straight away one. And we're like, yep. all right let's start the order
0: process. (laughs) Do you find that people have this preconceived notion that all of their gear has to come from the same manufacturer that they can't mismatch? Or do you you find people a little more open to that where it's like, okay, I love this pad. Therefore my gloves and blocker have to be this way. Even though I don't really like the feel of the glove.
1: I have to stop myself from getting frustrated uh, (laughs) on that because there'll be times where like I, I see a piece of gear and, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I've done this long enough to know when I think something's really going to work out well for a person. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? No, I can't. I just can't break up the set. It's just like, come on. Yeah. Like you said how much you like this. This is like the perfect thing for you. It's the best thing to slice bread and you're not going to get it because it has wrong lettering on it. Yeah. You know, it's like some things like that, they do bog me a little bit, but I also get the other side of it too. It's like, hey, we're going to invest this much money. I wanna look good and um, by looking good it's gonna make me feel confident, which is gonna make me play confidently and you know, snowball yeah. this, that, the you know. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to say, like I wear basically a piece of equipment from every single company. Yep. Um, you know, yeah, my leg pads glove and blocker match, but you know, uh, you know, I've got a different piece from everything. It's slowly starting, you know, the guys at Bower would be happy to say that they're kind of infecting me one way, but uh <laughs> The the guys at Warrior are also fantastic to me as well, and you know, kind of flip flop back and forth between their yeah. two lines.
0: Um, I'm the same way. I got a Bauer mask, Brian's chest protector, Bauer skates, uh, Vaughn glove pads, and now breezers. I, I used to have CCM breezers, but uh, now I got a Vaughn.
1: Here, before you go any further, this
0: because I've only had American wrestlers call them breezers. Who who came up with breezers? Here's the thing. I say breezers because I live in I've been in Minnesota over half my life now. They only say breezers in the state of Minnesota. The rest of the free world calls them hockey pants. That's what I grew up calling them. That's what every catalog calls them. But in Minnesota, they call them breezers, and I don't know why.
1: I just, somebody, I remember feeling a phone call, and it must have been from Minnesota or someone. They're like, hey, you guys had any breezers and stuff? I'm like, dude, I, what? <laughs> sorry, you're going to have to help me out here. He's like, oh, you need hockey pants.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: all right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah it's, I, I, I have, they, they don't play duck, duck, duck uh, goose here. They play duck, duck, gray duck, and they think we're all the weird ones.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny because we're already goalies trying to tell other goalies that we're not Right?
0: Yeah. It, what didn't help is I went to college in Minnesota, but it was a division three school down in southeastern Minnesota. And for whatever reason, like half the school is from the Chicagoland area. And so it was always this battle back and forth. Like, no, it's hockey pants. No, it's duck, <laughs> duck, goose. The only time the Minnesota kids and the Chicago kids would come together is when we were picking on the Wisconsin kids. We're calling the water fountain, the bubbler. The bubbler. Yes goodness all
1: right (laughs) that's a new one Add that to the list
0: (laughs) yeah the the only way to unite minnesota and chicago kids is to pick on wisconsin kids together (laughs) (laughs) that's (laughs) very holy smokes
1: the bubbler that's a new one all right yeah
0: (laughs) yeah and from what i've heard that's really more around the milwaukee area that the further you get away from milwaukee they don't call it the bubbler as much uh, my my U.S. geography, I might have to brush up on here
1: before you go any further.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, Milwaukee's kind of in the southeastern part of the state. So when you start getting further north and west, they, they start calling it the water fountain again.
1: <laughs> back back a little bit closer to Knuck World.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the other thing I think that's probably uh, added another layer of the onion when it comes to ordering custom, especially for somebody like yourself is all of the options for, you know, when you and I think of the custom equipment, we're thinking of the brakes, you know, how's the glove feel and this and that, but kids care about one thing, it's how does it look. And now with the evolution of DigiPrint and even some of the cut and sew because of laser cutting, that's got to make your life a little bit harder where, you know, they, they got this idea, how do we make it come to life?
1: You know, what's actually harder than that is that when I, they want something like crazy and unique and they don't have the idea. It's actually oh. hard. <laughs> it's like, Hey, I want a custom set. Great. I want a custom graph. Okay, cool. What are you basing it on? Oh, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I'm not a graphic designer. Yeah, I can't, I can help you, but I can't do it for you. Yeah. That's, that's usually the harder aspect of that. And to be honest, actually, I've had way more beer leaders and way more adult goalies, um, order custom graphics that have had kids. Um, I think on our side of the, you know, the pond in that sense is like, I, I, a lot of the kids because they're changing teams so often and things like that, they want to kind of still stick, you know, they're going to have their expression side, you know, we're going to do our old colors, this, that, and the other, but they're apprehensive to go and invest into that custom graphic with the thought of hey i might be changing teams next year yeah or i might end up somewhere else it's a bit hard you know you don't want to show up with you know your worst enemy's team you know tossed all over the face of your year right yeah so it's kind of i see them more in terms of yearly guys that really you know take the time and they'll like they show up with the napkins are all drawn out that's like, that's perfect actually it's what they need yeah um yeah i, I just finished kind of doing a, another cool custom one for a customer um, he did a bear graphic originally um, with uh, two axes on his Bauer set and he wanted something similar in a Brian. So, you know, we came up with Brian's, you know, we wanted similar, but not the same. So after a couple of designs back and forth, you know, we figured out another version of it and that's yeah. now ordered in place and we oh, waiting cool. for that to come in. So um, yeah. Yeah. the Digiprint's been actually quite fun. Um, the guys at Bauer really set it up in such a facet where it's a, it's actually a fairly streamlined process beyond, you know, just waiting for the back and forth, that kind yeah. of thing. But uh, what gets sent in and what comes back from the designer, like two completely different things. And it's really <laughs> amazing to see the designer who is really good at what he does clearly um, to be able to come up and take people's interpretation and really run with it and, and come up with these crazy designs so far.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I loved when Mike McKenna came out with the reactor five graphic on his because to me, that's one of the greatest looking sets of all time, the Reactor 5. And for me specifically, it's Eddie Belfour's, where he had the black and white alternating stripes with just the red trim. If I had gone Bauer, I was going to go with that. We've seen a lot of the Bauer Reactor 5 tribute sets, but nobody has gone with the black and white striping. And I'm like, why? It, it's, <laughs> it's sitting right there in front of you. Like, why haven't you done that?
1: it's you know it's funny I, you say that i uh i had the chance to order a custom graphic when i ordered my uh my recent bower set i ended up saying just hey to heck with it i just wanted you know i want to be a little bit more neutral this time around mm-hmm. but now in hindsight after seeing that x Men graphic come out and then you know again seeing some of the other guys iterations the reactor five it's like man i had this missed opportunity <laughs> I, I should have come up with something really neat and i didn't but I, you know like you said, I would have wanted to go for an older graphic again and kind of bring back some of those things. Mm-hmm. There are some really wicked old school graphics, you know, on pads that like start out with. Yeah, uh, Brian's DX twos come to mind. You know, I already said the Premier twos from you know mm-hmm. Reebok days. Um, I think one of the best looking set was Chris Ball QA's, you know, white uh, white red and blue set for the Canadians. Yeah, he was playing from that was just just so good looking and the color block on point you know those were the days that i think uh, you know color that was the last little thing of color before color died and everybody went all white
0: yeah it's coming back though i I like it we're certainly color return
1: we're we're way back on the color chain which is great even trends on the wall and you know how customers are shopping and things like that like all white's still gonna have its place everywhere but people are 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 less hesitant to not go with a a white base pad nowadays yeah even if
0: it was two years ago or three years ago I was shocked to see the uh Kirk McLean tribute set hit the ice in Vancouver because it didn't have the white outer rolls. I was like, ooh, some, somebody won a battle there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and if uh if, if you know anything about that, um Ian Clark's not a not a fan of you know yeah not having that white there. So he uh yeah, he somehow got away with that one. I think it's uh you get one game <laughs> yeah. and then you're going back.
0: Yeah, you but, know, I, it was funny, I, I forget who it was. Um some pro shooter, you know, and he's going. I think Ian's giving us too much credit, <laughs> thinking that the pads are going to th- throw us off. He's like, "Yeah, th- there's top end guys like a Patrick Kane. That's going to maybe do something." He Goes, but most of us, we're just trying to hit the net.
1: <laughs> I, I, you know, what, it's funny. I had a I had a chance to skate with um, uh, so Peter Twist runs his pro camps on um, the summertime uh, out here, and this was a number of years ago. I had a chance to go. And I think it was Tanner Glass was out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, oh, I was wearing dark-based gear at the time. I was like, hey, look, man, like, I know you just lit me up for, like, 20 in, like, a casual practice skate sort of thing. But, hey, I kind of got this question. I was like, look, like, do you notice a difference um, when it comes to, uh, like, gear color? He says, look, dude, like, I'm not, like, a top-10 scorer by any mm-hmm. means. Zero chance. And I never will. Be. But he's like, look, if I'm going to put a puck past you, like, it, like going in. It doesn't matter what color (laughs) your gear was kind of like, oh, and then he kind of like just, you know, wandered off. I was like, well, I feel like there's still more to this. And it's funny because I I think some guys really too are truly do believe in, you know, that white gear presence and how it sits. Um Ryan Miller when he was playing um for the Canucks organically just showed up at the store out of the blue one. And it was honestly, one of the best experiences it was like, I was walking out for lunch and I happened to do one of these, just walk past him I was like, yeah. okay, you know, hold on. Lunch is run off. Back down there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, lunch is off. It's not happening. And I remember just kind of chatting with him. He is, I know people that know a lot about gear, but like Ryan Miller, out of any of the people that I think I've ever talked to, uh, his specifications on how he treats his gear and how he sets it up is, is next level. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about a guy, you know, that, you know, hinges on, you know, five, six million dollar contract. His gear's got to you know, work for him to get his contract, right? So that part makes sense to me. But when we're talking about the eyelet pattern on the corner of a blonde glove, you know, if you can feel the puck skip off. It's kind of weird. So that might cause this to happen. Or, you know, the way the backhand strapping feels on his finger is a little bit off. So that's going to cause his timing to be slightly mishandled. I, I was blown away, and I was like, I—I I was still a little bit younger back then. Obviously, it was a number of years ago, so I thought I was, you know, a hot shot. I knew my stuff, and I was like, okay, I know nothing. Like, <laughs> but even the conversation again came up as I was like, well, Ryan, like, you know, what do you think? You know, what color gear, you know, fits better on the wall? And R- Ryan's a bit of a dry guy, you know, in terms of his humor aspect. And I'm, you know, I'm very active. I'm trying to get a reaction off of him and see kind of how things are going. And he's just, you know, he's very stable, straight and straight. He picks a pad off the wall and he looks me like dead in the eye. He's like, Cam, do you ask your girlfriend which color is big? I kind of looked at him <laughs> funny for a second. <laughs> and he like, he cracked this little half smirk. And then that was it. Like the conversation was pretty much done after that. I just kind of sat there stunned on the wall. <laughs> it's like, whoa, <laughs> all right. Like, did I just get? I did. <laughs> that was it. I was like, and you know, send him on his way. After after chatting with him for a little bit longer, but I, I, that stuck with me for the rest of the time. I was like, oh, wow, well, there's a true believer that you know that white gear is going to make sure he looks bigger in that. He's gonna he's gonna stop more pucks coming.
0: So yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Half the time, if you believe it, it's gonna oh. make the difference. Uh, yeah.
1: Perception, seeing is believing, believe in seeing, all that jazz. Look yeah. good, play good, feel
0: good, right? Yeah, no, no you mentioned perception. One, one thing that's always bothered me about hockey shops is you walk in and it's like, it's dedicated to the skaters. When can we have a shop where you walk in and it's, the sexy stuff the goalie equipment and the player has to go to the back of the store or the player has to go downstairs i think that's the way they should be set up but i'm biased
1: <laughs> see now yeah, unfortunately these dreams of having that happen are great fantastic yeah but, you know economics dictate that yeah there the, are... the player stuff goes
0: you know it no, it's pays the bills <laughs> two,
1: two goalies on the team versus another 20 skaters yeah. sort of thing you know where what do we got to carry to, right Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We even, you know, what I like the aspect of, for example, even in our store, we are in the basement currently. Yeah. Um, that intimacy of being able to take yourself away from, you know, what would be the hubbub of the players running around. You know, they're wanting to like flex sticks and you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. I like the fact that we're taken away actually from it. You know, yeah, yeah it sucks. We're not the marquee. You know, you see us right away when we start out with, but. I'm okay with that. I think what we've built, you know, downstairs in, in our goalie department is that ability to, Hey, come down and just chat. Like, yeah. you, know, you don't have to be worried about what else is going on or it's like know, a clubhouse. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's almost, you know, it might be stroking the ego in one sense of like, Hey, we're individuals in a team sport. You're like, Oh, okay. Let's, let's keep adding to that. Yeah. But I think <laughs> it, it kind of keeps, you know, the idea of the goalie fraternity um going in that motion. It's like, Hey, you know, we're here, we're part of the store, but like come down and see us.
0: Down yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's like going to a speakeasy. You got to know the secret code and <laughs> <laughs> goalie you're in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forwards are stupid. All right, come on down.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Defenseman, hour. all right.
0: Yeah. yeah, they help us out every now. Well, I shouldn't say that. To, not mine, but uh, I think, <laughs> uh, Sunday I had a game, and I think they scored eight on me, and six of them were backdoors because my defenseman was like. I'm going to look the way you are and not pay attention to the guy back here. <laughs> and anytime
1: you're looking at your defenseman, the light of his eyes after a goal has gone in, you know something's really gone wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. There, there was one where I knew there was a guy back on my back door, my glove side, and my, I could see my defenseman right here. I'm going, cover him. And he's like, what? I cover like three, four times. I don't cover him because I knew it was coming. The guy was going to walk out. He was going to pass it to him. And my defenseman wasn't going to stop the pass to begin with. So I was like, just tie him up. Eventually that happens. Puck goes in. I turned to him. And I was just going to light into him. And he goes, Oh, you meant that guy. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. yes. That guy. Yeah. That was the one. <laughs> Hope you learned your lesson. Okay. So we've been going for a while. I apologize. I, I got a little bit of a uh, Woodley and me that I can go on rants. Uh, But I like to end every episode with a list of 10 not so rapid fire questions. I used to call them rapid fire, but they tend to bring up other stories. And they're the same 10 questions I've asked everybody. So Hutch has answered these. Woodley's answered them. Kelly Rudy's answer. Everybody. Uh, The first one is, what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days?
1: (laughs) Uh, I don't even know if I can share it, actually. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think, I think my Juvie my coach showed up absolutely blackout to one of our games and he brought his buddy with him too. And like, I think mean, he lasted all of like 10 minutes in the actual game itself before he got himself tossed. And our assistant coach is <laughs> just kind of standing there. He just, he still hadn't hit him what happened. And we're, I mean, the problem with Juvie hockey, it's, it's basically a precursor straight to, to be it's like yeah. the end of the road for a lot of guys. Any guys that are going to keep playing kind of made their choice. But we were just—he was just getting so into it with the ref, and it was like, a, you know, maybe a crappy offside call or something like that. And he just lost it completely, yeah. and he knew like he was doing it on purpose. And so he disappears, and then all of a sudden you can see him in the stands with his buddy. And they both got a beer in their hands. They're just kind of watching. They're heckling from the stands. <laughs> it's just, like, like what is happening? I, that. <laughs> There's a little bit more to that one, but I think I'll leave it at that.
0: <laughs> it's when you say that. Um, when I was in high school, uh, my one assistant coach, he was turning 21, and we had practice the next day. And he shows he showed up to practice. I give him credit, but he was still just feeling it. And we're like, "What's wrong, bud?" And he's like, <laughs> oh. "It was a long night. I turned 21." My uncles took me to the strip club and then my buddies took me to the bar. And he's like, oh, he's like, I think I'm still drunk. And we're like, all right, just blow the whistle and we'll be all right. And yeah,
1: blow the whistle. <laughs> he's yeah, like, exactly. no,
0: no, it's too, too loud. <laughs> yeah, yes, <exactly. laughs> uh, uh, so next question, what's your favorite all-time goalie mask?
1: Ooh. You know what? And it's what inspired mine too was um uh what was it? The, why is the name all of a sudden escape me now? Um it was actually Vancouver goalie. Um and it was the one they had the fiberglass molds. Uh-huh. And you had this skull all the way throughout, and for whatever reason I can't remember the name off the top uh, of Uh
0: Warren head. um he played for the Hawks too. Uh it begins with the Ness. It's like a goofy it's a Polish name. I know that. Uh Warren's it I'm gonna butcher it. Uh but I know what one you're talking about.
1: I'm, I'm literally trying to find it right now. Yeah. But um uh, that's kind of what inspired like my mask a little bit. Yeah. Um and it always that one just always stood out to me as it was just terrifying. Yeah um but like in a good way. Yeah. Um uh Gary Broomley was the one.
0: Oh, that's Gary one. Yeah. I, I was thinking of a different one, but it, it was close. I, I know what one you're talking about though. Yeah, the, those are some great masks. The, the The creativity on those old fiberglass masks were cool that you, you can't capture in the current mask. I
1: mean, that was like, you know, we'll call it, that's the OG. That's the original, like, hey, yep. guys starting to express, you know, the way that what was happening or, you know, different inspiring thoughts. And that's yep. where that stuff really came from. And I think that's what kind of, of me. it. Was like, yeah, that's that's what I want. That's
0: yeah. You know, another great one is the Murray Bannerman Hawks mask, where it was just basically taking the logo and transferring it to his mask.
1: And find it, find a different way to you know get it on, get it, get that look. But like the same thing, it's like even inherently by transferring it to something scaled down or in different shapes, it just changes the way the logo looks enough
0: that yep. it, it, it re, reinvents it in a different way, almost. Yeah, has a different effect. Exactly. Yeah. So the next question: What's your favorite rink that you've skated at? Oh, um,
1: outdoor, outdoors is special to me because I, you know, in Vancouver, it doesn't, it doesn't get cold enough for outdoor rinks. Yep. So first time I skated outdoors was up, uh, uh, apex mountain. There was a hockey tournament up there. And I think I actually, like the second I stepped on the ice, it was, it was snowing out. It was cold. The lights were on and things like that. And it was just like, I never felt more It's pure, (laughs) yeah. Pure. There's a great word. Like it actually, I brought a tear to my eye. I was like, "This is amazing." My buddy tossed me a beer. We cracked a beer before the game, um, and just sat at center ice for a second. It was just like, "This is really cool."
0: Yeah, Um, I I remember the first time I was skating outside, growing up in Chicago. There weren't frozen ponds or anything that we could skate on, but the park district actually put in. Some rinks at some of the parks with refrigeration systems and everything. They put one in at the park by my house. Uh, and I remember one of the first times I was out there, it was night and it started snowing, and everybody just kind of stopped at the same time looking around like, yeah, th- th- this is what it's all about.
1: I think that. Like you he said, like, that's the moment. and That's one of those things that I've always kind of chased a little bit to try and, you know, find again, whether it be skating with my buddies or, you know, I got some buddies out in Toronto, same thing. We'll go, we'll go skating when we're out there. But if it's not that, though, skating at Rogers, which used to be GN's place, but yep. that's hands down, too. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't think one thing, like, without getting too far into it that people understand is how hot those lights yes. are in there.
0: Those I mean, that was out- are ridiculous.
1: And that was without eighteen thousand people in this. Game. Like, yeah, it's nuts.
0: I I've skated at the All-State Arena where the Chicago Wolves play, and I remember this. I I was playing the second half of the game. I'm sitting there on the bench, like I'm sweating, like, and they have half the lights turned off.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? It's you know, you see the guys drenched, in sweat. they're like, oh, they had breaks and you know whatnot, or they didn't have a busy game, and oh, it's just for how hot it is. It's
0: yeah, crazy. but what's funny is that if you've got tickets down by the ice you kind of feel the coldness of the ice. You're not feeling the heat unless mm-hmm. you're right down. It's crazy on the two extremes. when, when you're Exactly, coming. exactly. <laughs> uh, so this will be an interesting one for you. What's your favorite stick that you've ever used? Ooh. I've
1: got, uh, it's funny. I always have like a love-hate relationship with sticks because whenever I try stick to start, I work mostly on heat. <laughs> And then it'll be like a couple games in and then I start to like it. Um, I would say two are about dead even. A um, Vapor 2X Pro, um, obviously more recently. Um, and then I had a Luongo Premier 2 uh, foam core stick um, that was uh, it was a pro return from him. So it was, it was specced out to his specs, but it was really just curve and just paddle height sort of thing yep. but that thing just never broke and I think I had it for like three years and you know bits of foam were finally starting to come off of it and all that yeah. jazz but um just the feel of that stick and then rewinding forward now you know having a chance to try out different columns and sticks and whatnot but that that 2x pro like it wouldn't die it was yeah like, the way that pucks rebounded off it the way I could shoot with the stick was just all you know is everything you'd want in a stick
0: you know it's funny you mentioned the the pro specs on how the pro returns they don't match up to the the retail model and and the first time I really understood that uh one of my college teammates was Brian Trottier Jr and his dad was still coaching Colorado at the time so it's Trottier's birthday and he gets this stick sent to him to the rink and or not a stick his box and you could tell it was a couple sticks I'm like oh okay what's that and His dad took like three sticks from Joe Sackett's stall and sent it to him to use. Uh, You know, they're brand new, hadn't been taped or anything. We're like, and a couple of my teammates had the Sackett curve because this was, you know, at the advent of the synergy, and then you know, Mm -hmm. but it was mostly the two-piece stick still. So some of my teammates had the the Sackett curve on their blades, and they're like. That's not the socket curve. And he goes, no, this is the real socket curve, not the retail model, fellas. Yeah. And we're like, oh, it's that different. And he's like, yep. <laughs> it was that one. I remember it was more of a flat uh, blade. and It was just kind of a hook right at the end is what he had. And it's uh I don't know what you'd say, almost like curve to it. So that it lifted almost like a pitching wedge.
1: More, more open face to actually yeah. yeah. A lot of it is that locked and tight. They're more worried about that, like, you know, all sack you know, but anything below the hash marks, so how am I going to get it up or over top of these guys? Yeah. The age of goalies dropping down. So you yep. saw a lot of those big banana hook curves kind of come about,
0: right? Yeah. So the, the next question is going to be an interesting one, since you didn't start skating until you were uh, playing on a team, until you were older, but it doesn't mean you don't have these memories from playing, you know, like you said, street hockey. What's your favorite youth hockey memory? Um, actually we'll go straight
1: to that roller hockey stuff. Like we, yeah. the first year that I played, we ended up winning like, uh, like the league or whatever. And of course it's not that big of a deal, but it was a big deal to us, right?
0: At the time. Yeah. And it Finny was, championship uh, is is big.
1: Exactly. And that was, I think that was one that, uh, it stuck with me, you know, for a while. I was like, Hey, this is like the starting point, right? And it's also a bit of a good kind of fire thing. It's like, Oh, if I could do this, you know, what can't I do
0: yeah. sort of thing. Yep. Um,
1: and that was probably one of the you know things that has stuck with me in one sense. It's just like every time I put effort into hockey, it's given back to me in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, I, I'm here where I am now speaking to you because I put effort into this one.
0: Yep, that's awesome. So what's the best chirp you've heard? On the ice, off the ice, at the hockey shop, directed at you, not directed at you?
1: <laughs> oh man. Uh <laughs> it, that's uh, it, it, like your dust gets flopped around so much all the time. But like I I I it's funny I was talking with someone at the shop a couple of days ago and I said it, I'm probably the most trip guy in the shop. <laughs> um whether it just be uh, you know, I'm a loud person, you know, I, I'm easy, I'm easy to come at a little bit in that sense. Um Yeah. Well I that's think, tough there's just so many.
0: I like, think goalies have thicker skin too, so we can take more of it than some players.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. You know, that, that comes about like a, a lot. And even then it's saying, yeah, we're, we're the first ones ready to give it back too, Right. Yeah. Um, it's tough then there's just, there's just so many. And like, uh, you know, you don't want to default back to letter codes because it's just too easy, but yeah. You know, yeah. There's a couple that definitely probably aren't, you know, <laughs> are a little less than G rated. So <laughs> we probably couldn't say them. that. You know, the classic one is just you, anytime you want to get under someone's head, just like, like you know, ah, uh, <laughs> guy goes and bends into a stick every time and he's there shooting up top and say, hey, nice banana. What are you talking <laughs> about? Like, nice banana. And then always they always think it's a dick joke or something like that, and I just always throw them off. And that's one of my favorite ones, just like nice banana stock. Like, I don't get what that means. I'm like, oh, yeah, next time you go to go flex your stick so much that you curve it like a banana – and You miss the net again, you know, maybe try a little better. I don't know, it's yeah. it's kind of a bad one, but it's like it's always one stuck in my head, and like it always just throws those guys off because
0: they're like, I don't get it. I, I still think my favorite one so far was actually from Hutch. He was saying one of uh Maddie's goalie coaches looked at him and said, You must be really good at dodgeball.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny because I've heard that one too, bro. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, so what's the worst post game beer you've had? Oh, um. <laughs> Somebody for, we used to do with one of my
1: uh, older teams was that whoever would get uh, POG or player of the game would always get tall boy and it'd be different than, you know, our regular beer run. So it's like somebody would always have to go out of their way and make sure they get, uh, they get the tall boy, but somebody was running late and they picked something out of their fridge in their book and they got like some English brown ale <laughs> and it's just like this thing. It's like pouring out syrup, like almost. Yeah. And you know, depending on how the game goes, usually sometimes they would have to shotgun said tall boy as part of like, you know, depending yeah. on how you did. So that, I got That's a, a heavy
0: post game beer.
1: <laughs> I got a shutout and then the the requirements were is that, oh well, you gotta shotgun the POG because you got POG. <laughs> so somebody lobs me over this big thick brown ale, I was like, Oh <laughs> it was just I, I got about a quarter of the way through and I was just like, No boys, sorry, I can't. Yeah. And we, we do team fines. And I think I was like 20 bucks in the hole after that one pretty quick.
0: <laughs> I, I had somebody offer me a stout before the game. And I looked at him and was like, do you want me to stop pucks? Cause I'm going to have to be looking for the one in the middle. If you, if I drink that.
1: <laughs> uh, it's just like, you know, I the occasional pregame beers. Those ones are okay. But like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you say that or it's like a time you got called up and you were out with your friends before. Yeah. and you got to. You gotta play ice hockey game, six beer deep or
0: something. I, I've noticed that depending on the beer that's brought to the game, if it's a really light, low ABV beer, one before the game, not like once the Zamboni's getting on the ice and you gotta chug it, but nice, leisurely beer kind of helps my nerves. Just kind of calms me and relaxes me. But I tend to. I shy got away a bone to
1: pick there. When you say light beer, like I mean, you guys are talking about water down there, so.
0: Well, Uh, yeah, Uh, yes. Trust, I'm I'm a bit of a craft beer snob, so yes, I I get that. Uh, And whenever I bring beer, it's usually a little bit stronger than what they're used to. (laughs) So the the guys like when I bring beer, but I I figure that that, that's uh, what I got to do. Since they let me play, they don't charge me to play. I got to bring the better, more expensive beer.
1: That's fair. You know, the times at Bush Light just won't cut it for you guys.
0: God, I, yeah, there's one team I fill in for, and, like, all of these guys, what I'm about to say about them is not knock about them, because they're a great bunch of people, but they are a bunch of redneck hunters, so they love bush light, like, that. it is what it is, but it's like, come on, guys, like, spend six bucks for a 30-pack and get something better. Is there even beer in it? (laughs) Uh, You know, it's, yeah, I'm and I've always said, I think one of the best post-game beers is a Coors Light because it's a, it's almost water, but it just has a little bit of crispness. And then, then you go to something stronger.
1: Beer, beer always does taste better after hockey, as long yes. as it's ice cold and it's proper. But it's like, you know what, I'm partial. It's funny to say that. I tripped you to that. And you tell me you're a crap beer guy. But like a nice ice cold Budweiser after a hockey game, I argue I don't think there's a whole lot of beers that are better than that.
0: Oh, oh no! Oh no! I, I just I, I don't like Budweiser, but I think it's because of my grandpa and you know my grandpa drank lots of beer uh, <laughs> um, before I was born. Uh, he drank lots of beer in a time when there weren't very many beer brands, That's and. Right. He hated Budweiser. He referred to it as cat piss. So I think <laughs> I've heard that a couple times. Before. Yeah, I just think psychologically, <laughs> there's just something ingrained to in me that even when I drink Budweiser, it's like, no, Grandpa wouldn't approve. Uh, <laughs>
1: I have a bit of uh, hair, fair, uh, fair, and you know, rodeo history on my on my dad's side. So oh, cool. Budweiser's always kind of been around, and been like that was the first beer I ever had. This was the first beer I had. Yeah, you know yeah. Thing? so it's always been one of those, like, oh, it's the king of beers just because it's always been the king of beers. <laughs> yeah,
0: so if, if you've got some rodeo uh, background, uh, one of the best sporting events I've been to has been Frontier Days down in Cheyenne. That was a they, lot of fun.
1: You know, it's funny. We, we So the rodeo that we have up in Vancouver, um, it's actually a Cloverdale, Cloverdale Rodeo Exhibition. Um, my dad was the general manager for fifteen years, I think it was, twelve years. Basically all throughout my childhood. So you know, I've yeah. seen seen that aspect and you are like going to go hang out on the fairgrounds and stuff like that, even watching rodeo events and stuff like yeah. have always always kind of done that as somebody says, you know, rodeo and they kinda of get it, it's always nice to you know, yeah. someone's like, Yeah, they get it. It's like good. I, I it's funny, I would I, I'm not really a country fan but there would always be that one time of the year that you know, it's country music all day, every day, cowboy boots come on. cowboy Yeah. Hat, we're good to go.
0: Right. Yeah. So my father-in-law grew up on a farm in international falls, Minnesota. So he knows rodeo, all this. So he's been able to explain all of it to me. So I get it. And I'm a sports fan. So I, I see the uh, athleticism in it. Um, and I, my first job out of college was actually a community sports editor. And Minnesota has a high school rodeo and it happened to be in our community. So I had to cover that every year. And then uh, we went out to Frontier Days the one time with them. The rodeo was awesome. I mean, they end it with a uh, wild horse race where it's like teams of five have to saddle up a wild horse and then run them around. (laughs) One guy wound up, the one horse ran right into the uh, uh, barricades where the bulls were sitting and the guy riding the horse went up and over the barricade into the bull ring. And so then, I mean, it was just crazy, but. My favorite part of that day, I had two favorite parts that day. One, you're just parking in the neighborhoods around this fairgrounds. You're just parking in front of somebody's house. I had to run something we bought back to the car. And it's just a regular residential street, you know, where cars are on both sides. Maybe one car can drive down the middle. And all of a sudden there's a herd of longhorn steer coming down the road with two cowboys behind them, just moving the herd through, through the neighborhood. I'm like, I, I didn't have my phone on me at that point. It's like, I wish I had my phone to take a picture of this. Cause I'm going to get back to the family and they're not going to believe what I'm about to tell them. But. You know, and then I'm this city slicker. I grew up in Chicago. Like we had to go to the zoo to see cows growing up, you know, <laughs> that's my youth. And yeah. so I, I don't have cowboy boots. I don't have a cowboy hat and they have the mechanical bulls there. And you go to frontier days, the mechanical bull ride isn't like going down to the, local honky tonk. And I step up there with my gym shoes and my ball cap on. And I, the guy laughed out loud at me. He's like, (laughs) we'll see how this, he literally goes, (laughs) we'll see how this goes. And he was trying to knock me off that thing, like from the get go, but I lasted my eight seconds and finally throws me off and I'm walking off. He goes, you earned my respect. (laughs) I was like, all right. Yeah. And, uh, that 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 was that was a fun trip and now that the kids are getting older we've talked about maybe taking them out there
1: go check it out while you can right
0: <laughs> yeah exactly all right so back to the questions this is a polarizing question when you tape your sick do you go heel to toe or toe to heel uh i always go from heel to toe okay you're in the majority i've had two different goalies say if you go toe to heel you're a psycho um i i don't feel that extreme about it but that two different ones that don't know each other said that I'm kind of like, there may be something to it. <laughs>
1: yeah. What's, you know, it's, it's tough. Cause I've seen, you know, other guys do that and now. So they're coming up with different ways, you know, even ones strip along the bottom and stuff like that. Yeah. obviously like blade tape and stuff like that. So guys aren't, you know, uh, fully taping it the same way, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I to, to go backwards the other way around it just like, I, I think I'd break, halfway through like i can't figure this out for some reason yeah like, i gotta finish it with the scissors and kind of up the end otherwise it's just not yeah it, it it's routine out, right.
0: well when i i talked to sammy joe small from the canadian women's olympic team and she's like i don't know because she she's like i've used those uh like blade patches for so long where i mm-hmm. start in the middle of you know, just even it out. as like, Ooh, th- there's a wrinkle in the question. <laughs> uh, which I didn't actually tape it up at all. I just, yeah. Blade tape on. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm surprised we haven't seen now that I understand why when they came out and, you know, you had wooden foam core sticks that didn't really catch on because part of the tape was to preserve the wood, uh, you know, from getting too spongy. But with the composite sticks, I'm surprised we haven't seen those blade tapes uh, become more prevalent.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, wanting to tape up the heel of the stick especially too because it's a common area for the uh the sticks Freaking. break and yeah. split so it's like even having just that little bit of something there just yep. you know even if it's giving you more so peace of mind than it is actually doing anything i think that's why you see some of that hesitation to switch out you know yeah from taping up that heel and stuff like that I mean, it's just everyone's got that story of where they broke it in the heel or for yeah
0: whatever well i mean goalie's of my vintage if if you use the christian goalie stick you had that strip of tape and then you went over that heel extra because those Christians were sponges. They just absorbed it. And mm-hmm. you know a- every Christian goalie stick owner that I know has taken their stick, loaded it up with wood glue, put it in the clamp overnight, just to, cause the rest of the stick was great, but it was kind of going like that and you bring it back together, it back together. <laughs> get a little more time out of it. So it's like, yeah, but now that everything's going composite, I don't see that need as much anymore.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, usually that I mean, it's not supposed to happen, but yeah, uh, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think it's just by the way that that does, uh, the way it is set up, it's just inherently, it's, you know, it's not promoted in that sense or, yeah, you know, that same style of breakage. Just, it doesn't, doesn't come about just the way the composites are laid. And now, like they don't design it like they used to put it that yeah. way.
0: Well, I, from an engineering point standpoint, it's a weak point. You know? Yes, yes, absolutely. That, that's what it comes down to. It's a weak point. Uh, so the next question, we're almost done. What's your favorite number to wear and why?
1: <laughs> it all came about by mistake, actually. Uh, Twenty nine. Um, but I had messed up in a text message to actually one of my guys for my team when we were doing our jerseys, um, and I'd wanted thirty nine, but I must have decided hit it or, or messed up and <laughs> put it, and then. Ever since then, I've worn 29 and said this funny joke that, hey, you're, you're an idiot, you messed up, but this, here's how it came up. So I remember being like, opening up the box, it was like, this is wrong, that's not what I wanted. And he's yeah. like, yeah, that's what you told me. And then I was so dead set that he was wrong until he finally <laughs> brought up the phone message and I was like, oh, well, crap. Like, <laughs> I guess that was on me.
0: <laughs> 29 in Vancouver, though, it, it works.
1: It works, it does work, it does work yeah. well.
0: Yeah, I I I, I like 39. That's my number as well. So it, it works. And that's a funny one too. I, I was 35 in high school. I wanted 35 when I got to college, but senior goalie wore 35. So I went to the uh, cabinet, found the biggest jersey that was in there. And it happened to be 39. I was like, okay. So then we go out into our field house to stretch. And all my teammates, you know, we wear our jerseys when we stretch. All my teammates looked like they had jerseys that fit them. I looked like a seven-year-old wearing my dad's jersey coming out to the field house to stretch because this thing was so big. I loved it. Uh, so the last question: What advice do you have for young goalies? Don't don't give up, <laughs> even when
1: things sound their worst. Um, I've seen a lot of good goalies quit just because someone's got in their head or something's got in their head. Yep. Um, ask questions, absorb, um, and just enjoy. Enjoy every minute of it. You know, and if, if you do come to a point where you're sitting there like, I'm not having fun, I'm not enjoying this, okay, that might be your time. But just don't stop enjoying it. Take a moment. No matter how bad things are at one aspect or another, or, you know, either you're having a bad game or, you know, things look like they really suck, you're still getting to play hockey. Yeah. And, and you're still being, you know, an individual in a team sport wearing, you know, the coolest gear. And, you know, say you do suck, but hey, you look good still, you're holding on to something
0: yeah <laughs> somebody yeah, still
1: it, walks by and says that guy looks great there you go
0: <laughs> it is came back gate says all roads lead to the beer league so if you can exactly now till then you're going to enjoy the game even more exactly um, so where can folks find you online if they want to follow you or the hockey shop
1: um it's yeah just check out literally go to the uh, www.thehockeyshop.com uh our instagram is at ths goal um i think it is off the top of my head um I'm a little bit more of a, a kind of hide behind, you know, yeah, those things. That's fair. I'm a little bit less of a, a, a player on social myself. I just never really got too much into it. Um, but yeah, even just reaching out to, to, you know, through our website, um, our main email address is there. And, you know, if anybody has any questions and stuff like that, like it's a really easy email. It's just sales at the hockey shop.com Just drop us a question or, you know, even give us a call and we have a 1-800 number one 800 <laughs> Got it memorized off the top of my head. Yeah.
0: But, uh, I, I don't have to ask Hutch for the uh, Siri uh, you know, reading it, of it.
1: <laughs> exactly. I, after I've done it enough, it's finally, it's finally engraved. But yes. yeah, just reach out and give a call. Like I love chatting. As long as I've got the time for it, you know, I have, I have no problem just chatting goalie on the phone. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking time to uh, talk to me today and, uh, it's been fun and maybe one day I'll make it out to Vancouver, stop by the shop and then head, head over to the ultimate fan cave.
1: We would love to have you out.
0: <laughs> yeah. And well, and if, uh, if your travels bring you through the uh, twin cities, let me know and I'll buy you a beer. Sounds like a deal to me. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Cam. <laughs> Not a bonjo. We'll chat right. soon again. Have a All good right, one. Bye-bye. I'm sure the gear nerds loved this episode. One gear nerd in particular. If you have any gear needs, be sure to call Cam at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports at 1-800-567-7790. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Washup Goalie, and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. I've also recently started a beer league hockey beer review for post-game beers my teammates bring into the locker room. If you want some wash-up goalie or tendy talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many lists here, but shows like the CBJective Speaking Podcast, the Two Stars One Cup Podcast, and the Startastic Remarks Podcast can all be found. I need to thank the band Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or wherever you stream your music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.